1: Welcome everybody to a brand new episode of It's My Wrestling Podcast. I'm, of course, as always, your host, Chris Dees. My guest today, man, is somebody I'm so excited to talk to. We've been trying to sort this out for months, but lots of things have got in the way. Really, really happy that we managed to arrange something in the end. He is an NWA legend, as far as I'm concerned, wrestling royalty, the Russian nightmare. He is, of course, the one and only Mr. Nikita Kolov. Nikita, thank you so much for joining me, man. Really happy to have you here.
2: Well, Chris, it's just an honor to be with you and uh, with all of your, your, uh, your viewers, your audience, and uh, I just appreciate you having me on. and And you are just a testimony of perseverance, Chris. That's what you are. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Actually, yeah, I've got lots, lots of drama, lots of hassle going on in my in my personal and work life. But like you say, it's how you pick yourself up, isn't it? It's not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's... It, it,
2: it, it really is. I mean, look, we're going to, we're going to constantly be filled with life is filled with challenges. Right. And, and so then it just is a matter of how do we respond, you know, do we react? Do we respond? And, and then how, how, how do you know? And, and so, you know, I commend you on, on, uh, again, on just your perseverance in the midst of, uh, of a chaotic world in which we live. And, but that that's, that's the ones who come out on top and the ones who become world champions, Chris. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. Speaking, speaking of a chaotic world, like how are things, how are things for you at the moment on your side of the world? Is everything sort of back to normal now?
2: Um, I, I well, that's a, that's a qualitative, uh, the, the, the word normal, right? you it's, it's, you gotta qualify <laughs> that. Right. Um, I mean, but overall more than more, more than anything, um, I guess, as far as for what I do, um, it's rela I say, relatively normal in that my schedule, my speaking engagements. Um, yeah. I've got coming up, I've got three days of autograph signings and, and uh, in Kentucky and South Carolina. So, so my schedule's open back up. And so, as far as that goes, but what's swirling all around, all of us, is is anything but normal, you know? Yeah, that's
1: the thing, it's the new normal now, isn't it? No, nothing's ever going to go back to the way that it used to be i think we've all just got to sort of adapt now to the way that things are
2: yeah for, for sure and, and figure out and figure that out for each each individual has to figure that out for themselves right yeah. what does that look like moving forward what does that look like i was speaking last sunday up in maryland at at a church and i i said that i go i go don't don't anticipate things being like they were 18 months ago because they're not. It's, it's like when we had, uh, you know, we got coming up uh, the anniversary of nine one one here in America, right? When uh, the the twin towers and things changed after nine one one, I mean, security at the airport changed the way, I mean, things changed, Right. And, but that's kind of life itself, isn't it? I mean, it's a revolving door and, and some people adapt to change better than others, don't they? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's funny that you say a revolving door there because before we get started, I wanted to actually ask um, if you had any memories or any any fun stories to share of Bobby Eaton. Obviously, he he unfortunately passed away just over a month ago. Now it's been a really horrible time. We've lost so many great names just in the last couple of months. Bobby, Paul Orndorff, um, Daphne, as well. Really recently, what 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 memories do you have of Bobby? Because I know you, you wrestled quite a lot, didn't you? together
2: I did I did I spent you know spent a lot of time in, in dressing rooms and locker rooms with Bobby Eaton and and one of my one of my favorite guys to be around I mean it didn't matter uh, again if we just think of you know even in that world there's chaos in that world right and I mean and, and even if if uh, the, you might say the chips were down I don't know that I ever recall honestly seeing Bobby down in other words, he always had a a, a great attitude. Um, whether he was approaching a match in the ring or or even outside the ring, I saw him many many times. You know, post my you know my career at autograph signings and other places, um, events, and, and or just you know ran into him in my travels. And he just was always in good spirits and had a great attitude. And man, could he make me laugh? I mean. <laughs> For me, uh, he might have missed his calling. I think he could have been a comedian, but I used to joke and tease him, Chris. You know, he was—he uh, had a very heavy Southern drawl, right? Being from Huntsville, Alabama, and and I used to say, Bobby, I mean, he would talk, and I go, Bobby, I can't, I can't understand you. Can't get, <laughs> get the marbles out of your mouth, you know? I'm like, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, like for real, right? And, and then he go, <clears throat> he go. Nakita, you know, it's slow way. And I go, Yeah, why can't you talk like that all the time, Bobby? But um, all that said, it was all in good fun, but he and I would have have a lot of fun with that. But just nothing but fond memories of, of Bobby Eaton. And and you're right, it has been again, the wrestling community has taken a hit over the last few months.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jody Hamilton as well. Um, just recently God, uh, Jim Crockett about six or so months ago. It's been a really, another, another really tough Del, year.
2: Del Wilkes, the Patriot. Del yeah. Wilkes.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. They all seem to happen at once, don't they? It's always within a few months, just everybody goes and yeah, it's really strange, really strange. But anyway, right. Thank you for that. First of all, um, all, all I've really heard since his passing is, is stories similar to yours, just that he was a good guy, really good to be around, a lot of fun, made people laugh. It's lovely to yep. hear these stories. It's just a shame that we have to hear them once somebody passes away. You know, it's, it's just just a shame.
2: Yeah, it is. Well, it is, but on, on a positive note for your audience, on a positive note, I mean, you know, we, we realize, you know, you know, we're talking about people passing. I mean, that's just, that's a part of life as much as life, you know, being born in life is a part of life. But on a positive note, uh, the fact that we can, whether it's Bobby Eaton or, or anyone else, that there are some very, you know, enlightening things, some positive things that, that we're able to say about others. Uh, yeah. At least we can have those memories and bring those memories out to to an audience. So
1: yeah absolutely absolutely keep their memory alive and all that kind of stuff um, yes right so let's move away from that and bring things to to the the current day um i want to ask about what you're doing with the kolof dynasty obviously you guys have had a bit of a setback like most independent promotions and independent wrestlers did during the pandemic but how did the kolof dynasty come about and when how have you enjoyed working with two younger guys in neil and alexander
2: yeah it, it's been a fun it's a bit a fun uh, a story to build um you know and and it's right wrestling's all about storylines in today's world right and and the ability to tell a story i mean it always has been um and so you know when they approached me uh a few years back now a couple three years ago and and they had both already had careers in wrestling out on the on the ind- independent circuit but as well as with with a number of different organizations and And said hey we we you know we fell in love with ivan and nikita koloff and and the whole koloff you know legacy and and you know would you ever consider uh us being a part of that story and carrying on the legacy and the koloff name and you know for those who may not know in your audience i mean the koloff name goes all the way back to the 1930s actually before ivan koloff um a wrestler by the name of Dan Koloff and all kinds of, of history out there on Dan Koloff. And so you know, Dan Koloff in the 1930s, Ivan Koloff, uncle Ivan, Chitoita, right? <laughs> um, there's a little taste of the old days. Um, Ivan comes along in the 1960s. Nikita Koloff comes along in the 1980s and he's born. And so, as we considered that, that, uh, as I considered that, you know, the idea of that and, and knowing these two guys and, and they're, they're very, uh, polished wrestlers inside the ring. And again, had made a name for themselves, you know, uh, with, with their, with their own birth names. Um, but we decided, I decided, yeah, they're worthy of, of being, uh, uh, christened with the name kolov and developing kolov dynasty, carrying on the legacy. And and there was a bit of a setback. Um well plus Alexander had had uh some surgery on his shoulder and so that was about a five month setback. But he just recently within the last couple of weeks uh had his first match back. I, I just watched it actually yesterday uh and thought it was it was phenomenal uh for one of the uh, uh, newer promotions in in atlanta georgia and so both these guys they've got matches coming up tag matches and we'll continue to have uh, some singles and it's just fun to be a part of it to be able to mentor them and you might say kind of manage them chris
1: yeah and that's that's what i was sort of alluding to like is are you enjoying that still being a part of the business but obviously from a different side from a different viewpoint a different perspective because obviously you're not not getting physical in the ring anymore, but how how is it sort of just like being there but not trying to not take away from those guys? Because I've spoken to managers in the past, people like Vicky Guerrero, Ricardo Rodriguez, who are larger than life, and obviously you yourself uh, were always a yeah. larger-than-life character. So how do you sort of separate that so that the crowd aren't really focusing on you and are, are paying their attention to the guys in the ring?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. In fact, I had that conversation last night with Alexander, And, and, you know, and I I reemphasized to him and the same with Neil in the past is, is my willingness to come alongside them, if you will, or to mentor and or, quote, manage them is more. In fact, what I said to Alexander was I'm not looking at launching a second career uh, and, and nor am I looking at the emphasis to be on me. My from day one, I said, if if this will help you guys kind of extend your career and, and, and put the, the, you know, bring you even to another level, uh, you know, with who knows, maybe one day with a more, um, more major organization than, than so be it, but I don't want the focus to be on me. I do want the focus to be on you. And so I said, you know, if we're going to do television tapings and that sort of thing, maybe it's something where I'm a part of the television tapings to be able to bring that credibility to Kolov dynasty. Um, And then as you're out doing, maybe I'm not necessarily a part of every house show so that the focus is solely on the two of you. And then maybe for bigger shows, you know, whether it be a a pay-per-view or something like that, that, then I'm a part of that. But also, even if I'm there, it's not something where, I'm constantly engaged or involved in the match. You know, I'm I'm at ringside. Uh, I'm observing. I might be counseling you from from the floor, but all the time, the focus and center of attention would be on you guys. That that's that's my plan.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I guess another thing that that you having such a long storied career, legendary career. That you can teach these guys isn't isn't just so much about being in the ring but also the the mentality and the longevity and how to survive within the business because i think that's something that people forget don't they we see so many careers only last three four five years but these guys have already as you said been wrestling for a few as a tag team on the independence and then you coming in there as well could could help to extend do, do you know how i mean it could help to keep them around in the business for a lot longer because you've got that experience of a long career.
2: Well, and that's, and that's the idea. I mean, both of them have a, each of them has a 12 plus year career already under their belt. And, and so, yeah, if let's just say, if it gives them another four or five years, it's like when I came, when I came in and partnered with Ivan, I mean, Ivan was already in his forties and the idea of a nephew coming in, partnering with Ivan was to extend his career a few more years. Yeah. And so really it's the same approach, although as, I, as you said, I'm not actively getting in the ring, but if I could take the success of my own career and help them to catapult that into a, an ex, a few more years, extend their career a few more years, they're, they're not looking at rest another 10 or 15 years. I mean, each of them, if they got another, you know, three, four, five years, they'd be thrilled with that. And then to represent the Koloff name is just for them, just icing on the cake.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, as as you said before, they're really polished, really well-rounded. It's good to see more good, strong tag teams come in as well because obviously the tag Tag scenes pretty much, I wouldn't say died, but it's certainly not what it used to be. So it's it's beautiful to see, especially for me as a huge, huge tag team wrestling fan. Um, right, I want to bring things, I was going to say back around, but I sort of want to go back to your early days, right back to the start of your wrestling career. Um, <laughs> I sound like a bit of a broken record, but another person who we we unfortunately lost just under a year ago was obviously Road Warrior Animal. Um And it was shortly after he passed away. I know you guys were close. You were good friends. Shortly after he passed away, I started sort of like getting into the mood of going back and watching some of his old stuff, some of his old matches, some classic matches, and then did a little bit of research, just a bit of reading up on him, just bits about his career and stuff like that. Um, And I was interested to read that he actually helped you to get into the business. Like, how how did that come about? Were you guys friends before you got into the industry? Because I know you had other plans, didn't you? You weren't necessarily... Wanting to become a wrestler.
2: Yeah, I didn't grow up dreaming of being a wrestler. I mean, I I was aware of it. I mean, I, you know, growing up, I saw AWA, Vern Gagne, All Star Wrestling uh, on on the on the on the telly as uh, I think you guys call it over right. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the on the telly,
1: thing. on the old telly. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, which, by the right, by the way, you you may not even know. You may know Chris, but you know I have roots in England, right? No. No, I didn't know that. So a little side note, and I'll get back to Animal uh, while I'm thinking of it. So my my mom, my mom was born in a little, a little village called Hayden outside of Carlisle, in England. Okay, right, yeah. Up on the Scottish border. Yeah, Yep, right on the border of Scotland. And uh, just a few years ago when she passed, she passed at the age of 93, so she lived a full wow. life. Yeah. And uh, my sister brother and I my brother-in-law all took a trip to London and you know spent three four days there took the took the train the rail up to a carlisle rented a car and and went all 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 over the place and just you know researching our history and our ancestry and so yeah so i have i have, I have connections to england so that's why it's always thrilling for me <laughs> to be able to do these interviews with someone you know anyone from the uk so we got that connection yeah it's interesting um, really interesting yeah yeah for sure um Back to animal. Your question with animal. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing is, I actually recruited him out of Irondale High School, New Brighton, Minnesota, to play college football with me. Like oh I, I, I literally, I, when he came to tour the college campus, I gave him and his mom and dad the tour. We we had an instant connection. There was just an instant connection there, and and he so he enrolled. He came. So we played a couple years of. Uh, of college football together and we would we would uh he would eventually he didn't finish college he he dropped out I went on to finish my career and as you uh, alluded to my passion was football I mean I, I American football uh, I know not soccer uh, not soccer not, we don't like hearing soccer. it called
1: soccer it makes us very angry hearing it called soccer.
2: <laughs> I, I know I know I know so yeah, by the way do you have a favorite football team over there
1: uh, yeah coventry so i i i'm from coventry just just by birmingham in the
2: midlands okay okay so don't get mad at me but lex luger and i are both Ma- manchester U fans you know so that's
1: okay no that's okay i don't i don't hate that <laughs> i don't hate that
0: that's fine
2: <laughs> i know people take their football real serious over yeah. there you know we do, we do we do we do yeah so but uh anyway that's we ex- we will stay on point here so i recruited them out of co- out of high school to play college football he drops out. Next thing I know, he's on TBS, you know, face painted and, and you know mohawk, and he's he's wrestling and and um, and eventually, eventually he'd be approached by Don Kernodal, who was Ivan Koloff's partner. They were the NWA World Tag Team Champions, and Don approached him and said, "Hey, we've got an idea for this nephew for Ivan. Do you know any big guys who wouldn't mind shaving their head and becoming a Russian?" <laughs> and the animal's like, I know the guy right now, right? So he made the phone call to me. So turnabout's fair play. I called him, recruited him out of high school to play college football. He called me, recruited me out of football to, to become a professional wrestler.
1: Hmm. What, was, what was that like for you as, as somebody who wasn't really a fan of wrestling? What was it like adapting? Because we see so many these days, especially guys come from football, college football, professional football, over to wrestling. There seems to be some sort of almost like a link there, doesn't there? What was it like for you going from one to the other? Was it a a big shock, a culture shock?
2: Yeah, it it was. And again, I was somewhat familiar with it. In fact, back in those college days, I'd met uh, Jesse the Body Ventura and and gotten to know him some from his uh, his gym. Uh, But again, not necessarily ever thinking I would ever uh, entertain the idea of being a pro wrestler. Um, But the day I showed up at Jim Crockett's office, you mentioned Jim Crockett, I mean, the day I showed up there, I, I had only had a five-minute conversation with him prior to that day and made sure he understood I had no amateur wrestling background. I had no professional training, none. I know it was a lot of, for whatever reason, everyone thinks I was trained by Eddie Sharkey, but I was not. A lot of the other guys were trained by Eddie Sharkey. I had no training. So the day I walked in his office, he took a look at me. Next thing I know, I'm on a I'm on a TV set with Ivan and Don Kernodal. And the next thing I know, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina the next night, debuting on television in a you know, and having my first match when I had never even been in a ring. So yeah, no pressure there. That was a bit of a culture shock.
1: <laughs> you mentioned um Jim Crockett. I actually wanted to ask about him, once again, another as I said at the start, another name that we've unfortunately lost this year. It's been a crazy year. Um everybody as fans especially WWE fans we have this idea of what Vince McMahon is like in our heads you go into his office and it's terrifying because he's the guy that has your career in the palm of his hands but what was what was Jim Crockett like because I'll be honest I've I've never really heard much about people's interactions with him was he easy to approach did you have much of a relationship with him
2: I I did in fact I, I feel like we had a really great relationship um you know, obviously he he took a chance, took a risk and giving me giving me a, a shot at having having this career. And so because of that, there was anybody who spends any time around me and knows me long enough knows that, you know, I am, you might even say loyal to a fault. And by that meaning, you know, sometimes people say, you know, did you ever entertain the idea of going to the WWF? Did they ever try to recruit you to the WWF? Uh, the answer is no. They never tried to recruit me. Met uh, Vince McMahon at a gym in Las Vegas one time where we were having kind of well, he had a match there, we had a match there, same night. You know, we're kind of competing back before the Monday Night Wars. Uh, we were competing in actual towns, and um, but never never really had a conversation or and never really entertained the idea. Uh, Barry Darso, who was Crusher Khrushchev who went on to become Demolition Smash. Um, he initially, when he told me he was leaving to go there, asked if I was interested in going and becoming his partner, and and I just wasn't because I had a loyalty to Jim Crockett Jr. who gave me my break. So I probably, no doubt, passed up who knows how many, you know, hundreds of thousands or maybe even millions of dollars, you know, by not going to to WWF but I was more interested in staying loyal to the NWA because of the opportunity Jim Crockett gave me. And, you know, Jim was a, a funny guy and funny in the sense that he had a very dry sense of humor. And if you didn't know that you didn't know how to, you might not know how to really kind of respond to him or you might say, react to him. Uh, Cause he might say little things that, that you might take offense to, but yeah. then realizing because of his dry sense of humor, It was really he was really just joking, you know, Um, but there was a very serious side to him as well. Uh, uh, But I I, I, he believed in me, uh, I feel, because I I produced, I delivered. He took a chance. I delivered. And and then from that, I, I feel I had a real great favor with Jim and a great relationship with Jim
1: yeah and it's interesting that you should should say that because um i i have genuinely always wondered why we never saw you in the wwe or wwf sorry at the time um yeah because your character let's face it would have fit in with that era of what wwf were doing perfectly wouldn't it we've had loads of larger than life stereotypical evil heels like the Iron sheik and, and people like that and volkov and guys like that so you would have fit in really well but it's nice to hear about that loyalty because you hear about that loyalty in places like NWA and the WCW you don't really hear about that so much especially these days with what well, with any any brand really a lot of wrestlers seem to chop and change quite often don't they you just don't really get that loyalty anymore
2: They 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 do and 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 I feel we had a, with the NWA I feel we had a very unique Group of guys, I, I, you know, and, and obviously there's, you know, in any business, any sport, any in, in any in life, there's a clash of personalities. Everyone doesn't necessarily is not going to get along. But for the most part, looking back, Chris, you know, I just feel like the camaraderie we had, that nucleus of guys we had from Ricky Steamboat, to you know, even early on, Steve Austin, you know, Mark Callis. You know, before he went to be the undertaker, I mean, yeah. um, you know, Sting, when he comes, Lex Luger, Flair, the Road Warriors, the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, Manny Fernandez, um, you know, Dr. Death Steve Williams. I, I mean, we had a, a really a black Bart, Cowboy Ron Bass. I mean, there was a good nucleus of guys that worked well together, I felt, hmm. and worked hard with one another to produce a, a really good a good product, uh, to give the fans some, some really great matches. And, and, and yeah. And, and again, you know, going back to, you know, what, what it's kind of a, what if, right? Or what if Nikita Koloff had went to New York and had a WrestleMania against Hulk Hogan? I mean, again, it probably would have drew some decent money. I probably would have made a pretty, pretty decent payday. Uh, probably would have fit in, but just, uh, just the, the interest wasn't there. I was, I was, we had a, a, a loyal group of guys in that era that just really uh, enjoyed what we were doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's important. Like you say, money, great success. Great. But if you're, if you're happy doing what you're doing, working with the guys that you enjoy working with, and that's, that's more important. I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same when it comes to looking for work. I'm not particularly bothered about, how much I'm going to earn or if this place can pay me more. I want somewhere where I can be happy, stable. And it sounds like what you had there was stable. You had a lot of really big names around you. There are a lot of good names who've gone on to be legends. As you said, Sting, um, even Steve Austin and The Undertaker. And people are very quick to forget. You know, they they think that these guys were just WWE names or WCW names. But you, you forget that everybody has their roots in somewhere like smoky mountain or the nwa you know you've you've worked with a lot of legends haven't you a lot of legends that have gone on to have those iconic careers
2: yeah yeah i, I feel very fortunate I, in a couple more names you know another name just came you know ravishing rick Rude. i, I mean yeah. you know just yeah just some of the guys and some of the some of the guys that were on the twilight of their career that i had the opportunity uh to wrestle with guys like like black uh uh um, uh, Barry, you know, well, I didn't. Barry Windham, another one. Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson. Oh my gosh! I mean, the names, right? Uh, Blackjack Mulligan. Um, in, in the Mid Atlantic was a guy named Johnny Weaver who was legendary. You know, and uh, uh, Dory Funk Jr. I had opportunities to wrestle Dory Funk Jr. I mean, I, some some guys that really go back and had storied careers in the NWA as well as other places, as you mentioned. So I feel very fortunate that I got to get in the ring, Dusty Rhodes. Let's not forget the yeah, the man yeah, of the hour, the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, if you will. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let's not forget the American dream. Um, I just feel so fortunate to have had the matches I, I, I've had with with all these guys. But I want a, a quick point too, Chris. Um, you know, we we live in a world today where where you know whether it's wrestling or, or sports on any level uh, you know, we were talking about loyalty, right? I mean, even other sports back in the day, athletes were more loyal to the teams they played with. Um, and of course the something called free agency kind of opened the door, right? For them to jump from one team to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Um, and of course wrestling was was every bit a part of that. Uh, and so it, it is unique in today's world to find someone who just says, I'm just going to, you know, plant my flag here. I'm going to stay here, start here, finish here. And that's even the business world, right? People are, like you said, always look into, you know, even change jobs because it's going to be a better payday, but that might not necessarily, as you said, bring more happiness. It may bring more money, but it may not bring more happiness. So I kudos to you for, you know, looking for a job that you're going to enjoy as opposed to just, oh, how much money can I make, you know?
1: Yeah, and even even literally just in the last couple of weeks, look at the names that we've seen move away from WWE where we know the money is and, and head over to AEW guys like CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, just literally in the last few days, putting happiness and being with their friends and their families and their partners over... Being somewhere where they're not not necessarily happy. Um, I just want to just want to quickly ask as well um, as we were talking about football before, American football, um, professional football. What hurts more, taking a tackle or, or taking a bump?
2: I've always wondered. To... <laughs> oh man, that's that's a, that's a great question. Um, it, I think it, I can I immediately can think back to where where I took a helmet on the chin. And, and, and it knocked me for a loop. I mean, it knocked me flat on my back. And for a moment, I had to, as we would say, shake the cobwebs out, you know, regain my thought and go back to the quarterback and and chew him out for what we call hanging me out to dry. <laughs> and uh, it, so that's certainly in fact, I've I still do have a little scar uh, where, where it busted my chin open. Um, we call it a hard way in wrestling, right? <laughs> um, so I still have a little scar there from, from, from the, from the football days. All that to say, uh, there are some times whether it was a slam on the concrete floor, uh, or, or a move that I might, wasn't maybe anticipating that again, may have knocked the wind out of me. Uh, so I, I had my share of injuries, never. You know, not not major, especially in wrestling, uh, but I have my share of injuries in both. So I might have to say they're about equal. I'm
1: just going to sit on the fence. You're not
2: going to give me a a, a proper answer. (laughs) That's fine. Well, I'm trying to give you the answer, Chris. I'm trying (laughs) to give you the Yeah, I'm I'm going to sit on the fence and say not one way or the other.
1: So they both suck. They, they, They both hurt, basically.
2: They, they do. Well, in, in fact, people say all the time, right? Oh, wrestling is fake. Well, wrestling, I just had this conversation the other day, last weekend, I was speaking at a men's breakfast, and these guys big wrestling fans, and they're like, you know, you hear, I hear the question all the time, you know, so how much of wrestling was entertainment? And how much was real? You know, I hear that question all the time. My response is, it's 100% entertainment, and it's 100% real. Yeah. And they'll just kind of look at me, and I'm like, Look, if I get hit with a metal chair, or I'm in a Russian chain match and ball that chain up, or I wrap it, or somebody wraps it around my neck, or I wrap it around my opponent's neck, you know that you you're you're gonna feel that. You you know if I run into a pole or into a cage, I'm still gonna feel that. So that's real, right? Yeah. But it's entertainment at the same time. So
1: yeah. Good answer. No, that's a good answer. Absolutely. Um, right. Obviously, we've we've spoken about NWA loads because you are so synonymous with the promotion. Um, two-time tag team champion, United States champion, TV champion. You you were never the world champion, though, were you? Is that something that you you look back on and regret at all? You
2: know, I, I don't. I'm one of the few guys that, that they, there's probably there's probably a couple others out there that you know I'm, maybe I'm not aware of or whatever. I'm one of the few guys um, who, who, not once but twice, turned turned down the uh, the world heavyweight title. Um, right, okay. Yep, and it was actually at a point in time. For those who maybe know know the story, and for those who don't, um, you know, actually, I just recently updated my last book, Nikita: A Tale of the Ring and Redemption. Uh, I wrote about seven or eight new chapters last year. Added more pictures. Uh, it's got my whole life story in there. Some may be aware of the fact, you know, I had a wife that died of cancer at a very young age. Um, I had actually walked away from wrestling for a couple of years. I mean, on top on top of the business, right? Main event, walked away to take care of her. And it was not long after her passing that, that uh, Ric Flair had the book at the time, what they call the booker. And he had the belt and the book at the time, invited me down to his house in Charlotte. Offered me the world heavyweight title, um, you know. Essentially said that you know, thank you, but no, thank you. I just didn't feel the timing was right. Uh, came back, uh, uh, came back a short time later. Offered it to me again. Really wanted me to come in and, and be a spark to the to the company at the time, and and just uh, you know turned it down a second time. So and, and no regrets. I mean, would it have been fun to, to to add that to the resume, right? To say I was the NWA world heavyweight champion sure it would have been but but no you said do I have any regrets no no regrets
1: yeah and like you say it's not like anybody ever thinks oh Nikita Kolov he had a great career but he wasn't champion you know nobody thinks that they think that you had a legendary career that that's all that matters
2: well and and you mentioned some of the titles so I'm, you know fortunate to you know whether it was the six man the world tv the unification matches right between you know for the world uh for the uh with the U.S. belt, the, the, or the, I'm sorry, the uh, NWA, NWA TV belt, and and Terry Taylor with the uh, UWF belt, Uh, Wahoo McDaniel, again, another legend in in wrestling who I unified. He had the national heavyweight title. I had the U.S. title, the best of seven series against Magnum TA, right? Um, The great, the first ever great American bash, you know, wrestling flair for the world heavyweight belt, even though I didn't win. You know, a lot of people talked about, about that match. And so, yeah, there were a lot of, I can think back, Chris, on a lot of uh, matches I was a part of, uh, from the Starcades to the Bashes to the War Games that, that certainly certainly bring back fond memory, you know, aside from never holding the World Heavyweight title. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, some people have wrestled for two, three times as long as you did throughout your career and, and never held a title, you know, it's it's... Obviously yeah. it's it's not that important. And um, you mentioned a few a few huge matches, a few huge moments in there, like the Great American Bash and the War Games. I actually wanted to talk to you about war games because as you say, you were you were a part of the first war games, that historic historic match that we all so fondly remember with the four horsemen. How how have you enjoyed seeing war games still being used moving forward, even even to, you know, to To the modern day, at the moment, it's it's still being utilised in NXT. Um, I think we're only about a month or two away from the next War Games event if they do it, because I know there's a lot of changes happening with NXT. Do you do you still enjoy watching those matches, the War Games? Does it bring back fond memories? Do you still think that they're are, are they doing the legacy? You know what I mean. Are they holding justice? The are they doing
2: a the legacy yeah, justice. Doing justice? Well, you know. I, I I guess my response is typically to these types of questions is is this, often imitated, never duplicated. Now, what I mean by that is, uh, you, you know, it's, it's, it's like when they do a, a movie series, right? You have your the original movie, then they do a, a sequel or they do a part two, three, four, five. You know, it seems like the original of anything, it seems like, is typically always the best. Not that they can't improve on another one or, you know, or, or, or it get better. Um, but that said, most people talk about that match beyond the, the original war games. And even for the guys going into it, we had, we had no idea what to expect, right? It had never been done before. And Dusty, to his credit, the genius behind many of these things, whether it was the Great American Bash uh, the war games or many other things that that he he gets credit for for coming up with the idea of um, and, and I can just reflect back on that night and the electricity in the building, the anticipation of what was going to happen and then the way we we the way it unfolded you know back and forth you know he, every two minutes a new guy coming in and that adding a new dynamic to you know to the match as it continued leading up to the final outcome 25 30 minutes later mm-hmm. and and then subsequently you know uh, taking it on the road eventually and then coming back around being a part of Sting squadron right so so even that was fun being a part of Sting squadron against the dangerous alliance um But at the same time, it still was not the original, but it was still fun. And so I'd say as long as the fans are being entertained by it, um, I think it's great that the legacy lives on in in those types of matches.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's obviously changed a lot over the years. It seems to have the mentality and the, the psychology of the match itself. As wrestling's changed over the years and it's become more about those wow moments, War Games these days is more about, well, it's pretty much a spot fest, isn't it? It's still an enjoyable match, but it's not so much about the wrestling that happens within the ring anymore. It's about, it almost feels like the guys in there are trying to one-up each other, you know, like, oh, you did a great spot, now it's my turn. And it's sort of kind of lost (laughs) a bit of its magic because it's just, it's just, it's just a spot fest, but within a cage.
2: Well, and and that's a a great observation. I think a great observation on your part in that back in the go back to the original, I mean, the four horsemen against the superpowers and the road warriors, right? With precious Paul Ellering and James J. Dillon, there was such a story there that, that, I mean, in, in any one of those you could spin that off into a single match, a tag match, a six man, an eight man match. And then ultimately the war games with all 10 guys in the ring. Right. But there were so many stories within that one story. Hmm. And it wasn't to your point. We weren't trying to, uh, it was just, it was a, it was a war. It was war games. And so, and so it wasn't, as you said, it wasn't about a series of spots, although there were some high spots in there. It was just more about the story than it was just getting a pop from the fans. Right. So,
1: yeah. And it felt very final as well. I think that's an issue that I have with modern, modern day wrestling is you've got this, this big storyline, this big rivalry, it leads to a, a hell in a cell match or a cage match or whatever it might be. And that should be it for me. That should be, that should put a line under it. That's the end of the feud. But then they'll they'll keep feuding for another month or until the next pay per view. Whereas war games back back in your time, it, it sort of felt like like wow, it's this rivalry so intense that it's come to a war games match to really you know what yes. I
2: mean? Yeah, and, and that was that was old school psychology, Chris, was hmm. anytime typically anytime a match ended up in the cage, that was what they call the final blow off of of that angle and because you guys were moving on to another story. You were moving on, it was going to turn in a different direction or you guys are going to go in, you know, in a different direction. That was old school wrestling where you eventually built up to that and that, that was it. As you're saying, that was it.
1: How about um, the women? Because obviously the women have a War Games match every year now as well, don't they? What how what were your thoughts when they were first announced for that? Because I, I was surprised. I know WWE like to give us as many first evers as they can. You know, it almost sometimes feels like they're doing it just to say that they've done it. But what what were your thoughts and your your reaction when the women went into the War Games? They they've often put on a better match than the men, to be honest.
2: Well, and the you know women's wrestling has come a long, long way, right? I mean, from the days it was more of a for us in those days it was more of a I guess the word I would use it was more of a novelty. Yeah. In that you know there were you know there was going to be the novelty was typically in those days was and it was usually in the summertime when Crockett promotions you know. in, in the summertime, when kids were out of school, there was kind of a dip in the attendance. And so that was a way to try to draw in, you know, more fans during during the, that dip in attendance. And so they bring in women and they bring in midgets, right? I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: midget wrestling, man, it, that was another novelty, right? <laughs> People, oh, let's go see the midgets, you know, and, you know, let's go watch the ladies wrestle. And so women's wrestling has come a long 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 way and so kudos to them for you know for for the ability all the athletic uh, you know the athletic athleticism of the women and, and and again to your point the ability to and is it sometimes put on a better match than the men. so yeah. all i all i can say is kudos to the women for for all all that they're doing as far as you know recently NWA uh empower right they had an, an all women's uh pay-per-view recently right um so i just might you know tip my hat to the ladies for uh you know for for what they've been able to accomplish
1: what do you um what do you make of nwa at the moment and 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 how the company is still surviving i know obviously they've they've had troubles over the last few years billy corgan has obviously put a lot of money into the company you've had nick aldis with a nearly three-year long reign which was amazing amazing to watch especially as a fellow a fellow Brit um I loved seeing he's only just recently lost the title to um to Trevor Murdoch, Murdoch. yeah Are you still at all keeping up with the NWA and what they're doing
2: yeah I I do and and, and again you know my hats off to Billy Corrigan I, I I give him uh you know in fact I took Koloff Dynasty they were not yet Koloff Dynasty but I took him down there for a debut match uh you know and and a you know, potential run with the NWA and, and you know, we've, we have to date not, not really, uh, you know, had any follow-up with them, which is which is fine. I still support Corrigan and what he's doing with the NWA. Obviously, again, my loyalty to the NWA, I want to see the brand be successful. Uh, competition's good. You know, when, when Vince kind of controlled it all, you know, I didn't feel like that was a, 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 a great thing for wrestling and for wrestling fans. So when AEW and kudos to Cody and 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 the Khan family and and what they're doing, you know, uh, when Jeff Jarrett launched Impact, I mean, I went down and did you know about I think three, four, five shows for Jeff, you know, just made appearances to help get Impact off the ground way back when. Um, Ring of Honor, uh, so some of these other promotions, it, you know, I'm 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 thrilled. You know, they may never make it you know, to, to start, you might say mega me, megastar status, but that's okay. I just want to see competition. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see Corgan is sticking with it, you know, and, and I like the, obviously I'm an old school guy. So I like more of the old school brand. Uh, uh, I think Nick Aldis is in my view, uh, in a sense, a modern day Ric Flair. I, I love the way he carries himself uh, his, his work in the ring. Uh, I, th- I think, personally, I think he's impressive. Uh, his interviews, I-, I mean, he reminds me a lot of, of Rick and-, and even how he dresses. It's just all of it, you know? And so, so uh, yeah, I think it's great. I think with the NWA, Corgan, and, and all the promotions doing, I just, I just want to see him all be successful.
1: Yeah, I'm a big artist fan. He, he, as you say, he carries himself like a champion. He looks like a wrestler. He talks like a wrestler, looks like a champion. I think he's done a phenomenal job of helping to I don't know if legitimacy is the right word, but he's he's helped to to, to make NWA not feel like like an indie promotion, if that makes sense. Yeah it was important.
2: Yeah, and to bring it back, you know, this thing they just did, the race to the chase, you know, the 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 legendary chase in St. Louis, I mean Harley Race and and some of the Lou Thez, I mean some of the guys who wrestled way back when in in the chase the funks and, and many others and you know sam Mushnick and just the history of the nwa that's one thing i know i've already met you know I mentioned my last book but william murdoch who who, who uh co-labored on, on this book with me uh i tell people one thing they if they get a copy of of, of ring of redemption one thing they'll appreciate is william murdoch's a wrestling historian so he actually takes wrestling in the book all the way back to the 1800s, where wrestling originated, and so people will really find, uh, I think, find uh, that part of the story fascinating. If they're, you know, if they're a real, uh, you know, a, a diehard wrestling fan, they're going to love that part of the story. So
1: yeah. is the book on on Amazon? Can can people find it? It's not on
2: Amazon. If if they go, in fact. Um, Uh, coloff.net is the is the kind of a one-stop shop for the website coloff.net and there's there's a couple books there a couple books that i've written are available there there's there's other things that are are you know there's a number of different things that are available in the store site there you know there's they can learn about other things that i'm doing lex luger and i do a a camp chris called uh, called Man Camp uh, that that we co-facilitate together. We partner up and do a lot of ministry together. Uh, they can learn more about Man Camp there. Um, my podcast, uh, you know, you, I've launched uh, a year ago. I launched a radio show on Truth Radio Network with Stu Epperson, and and then it's on all the podcast platforms. Just called the Man Up Man Up Show. Um, they can link to that right through net as well, and. And here's some great interviews. I did a two-part with, with uh, Sting, uh, Jackson Ryker, who's on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Got a great interview with Jackson, uh, with Luger, with Magnum TA. There's some, yeah, there's some. Um, just recently did a uh, uh, an interview that will, will come up here down the road with Kevin Sorbo, who was uh, six, seven years. He was Hercules in the TV series Hercules. Hmm. Um, and, uh, so just a lot of great, a lot of great interviews, Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Bucks. And so people will enjoy some of the interviews on the podcast as well.
1: I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned your, your ministry work there, because that's something that I was really keen to find out about. I think was it was um, like the early nineties, 92, 93, when you, you, you discovered God. And that's, that's always something that's whenever I hear these sorts of stories, whether it's yourself or another wrestler, no, no matter who it is, I'm always really interested really keen to find out how these things come about because i'll be honest completely honest i'm, I'm not the most religious of guys i, I go to church occasionally yeah. you know or, or at christmas time things like that with family but what 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 was it that that helped you to discover god in the first place like was was there something that happened was it a decision that you made kind of led me to that
2: and and i i want to respond to this that would you say i'm not a, a, a real religious guy i love that because i'm not either oh, okay <laughs> In, in, in fact, I mean, you know, cause guys in my comments are, oh, you know, her heard Nikita is a, a real religious guy. Well, and, and I, I try to differentiate between there is religion, but then there's a relationship, uh, mm. you know, and no different than someone who has a you know a husband who has a relationship with a wife or me, you know, who has a relationship with my four children and now nine grandchildren. Right. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, I know and counting. <laughs> and, um, and so it's it's for me, it's about relationship. I, I didn't grow up in church, uh, you know, back in the days of, uh, of my early days, um, but I wasn't oblivious to the story either of, you know, the man, Jesus, who died on a cross and you know was crucified. So I knew the story, but I wasn't living for him or uh, or pursuing, you know, uh, that path. And it was about 11 months after I left wrestling that I really, Chris, kind of had an aha moment that here I was successful. In fact, I talk about it in one of my other books. I was successful, but I was unfulfilled. You know, I became a world champion. I'm, you know, I had this uh, illustrious career in pro wrestling, and yet I just felt like something was still missing. And, and through other business relations, uh, I met a Christian couple who had invited me to their church, and so October 1993, about 11 months after I walked away from wrestling under my own terms, you know, I found myself at an altar, surrendering, you know, my life to to the Lord Jesus, and that encounter set me on a whole new trajectory, to where I still, you know, I, wrestling is a platform for me. Many of the churches I'm in, a lot of the ministry I do are all pastors who grew up watching wrestling. And so they're the ones who will, who will bring me in a lot of times. And so it just opened, wrestling actually opened a lot of doors for me. I did not know, Chris, if you'd asked me 35 years ago, would I be a, you know, a minister, an evangelist? And I would have said, absolutely not. What do you, you know, what are you smoking? <laughs> you know, what, what are you on? Um, but um, I look back and I feel, incredibly, uh, fortunate to now have traveled to 30 different countries, all 50 states, as I mentioned, Lex Luger and I co-facilitate a men's ministry and, and I'm grateful. I'm thankful to now be able to do what I do. Um, you know, bring what I like to say, a, a, a positive message to, to the world. And, and, wrestling be a platform many times to open that door to be able to tell my story whether it's in a yeah. book or on a podcast or on an interview like this Chris so I'm just blown away I my life looking back I would summarize and say it's just been absolutely surreal would be the appropriate <laughs> word
1: yeah religion religion's a strange one isn't it? it can often cause more problems than than it it fixes it's such a contentious things causes so many issues and and wars you know we we wars
2: yeah absolutely most most of the wars looking back if you look back in history most of the wars originated through you know through religious religious differences uh you know a difference of opinion and so you you are right and that's why i try to emphasize you know anytime i'm out and about that you know, in fact, I say this. Like I've ministered, you know, around the world, I, there's all kinds. There's I don't even know how many different what they call it, denominations, right? Whether it's you know Anglican. I, I mean, you probably go. Do you go to an Anglican church, or where, where do you go when you go?
1: Uh, over here, so Catholic, Christian,
2: Catholic, Catholic, right? So yeah. you know, I have Catholic friends. I have I have a one of my best friends, Josh Gillum, is an Anglican priest. Um, but he loves the Lord. He has a personal relationship with the Lord as a cat, you know, an, ang- uh, an Anglican priest. And so, you know, I have friends from all different denominations, but at the, at the root down, if you get down to the root of it, it, it's, we're all, we're all, it's all relational. I have a relationship with them. We have a relationship with Jesus and that regardless of what, what banner we're wearing, whether it says Baptist uh, Lutheran, Catholic, Anglican, or whatever, at the core, I ask people, Chris, in your heart of hearts, down deep in your heart, is that relationship there, because that's what really matters, you know, outside of outside of what your particular denomination might believe. Right. Yeah. So
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's 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 like you say, there's so many differences. If you don't want to believe in something like that, that's that's fine that's your call don't believe in it but just let other yeah. people if they want to just let them it's none of your business really is it just let yeah. them believe well, it. And,
2: yeah and 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 I have and I have those friends I, I have friends who 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 want nothing to do with religion and, and don't want any, any you know anything to do with a relationship with Jesus I have those friends too I have Jewish friends um you know uh, so I have friends from every walk of life and and at the end of the day Chris uh, whatever you want to believe And and by the way, if you don't believe the way I believe, I'm okay with that. You know, if you say, you know, that whole whole Christian thing, I'm still going to love you. I really am. I'm still going to love you. And I'll still be your friend. You don't have to unfriend me just because you don't believe the way I believe. We We can still be friends, you know.
1: Same with politics as well, isn't it? I think politics is even worse. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If you don't believe the way I believe that way we can we can still be friends we we really can you know we can be
1: friends let's just not talk about it <laughs> just yeah. it or just
2: or, or if we talk about it just agree that we disagree okay i don't, yeah. I, don't I don't see it that way i don't agree with you but uh, i'm not gonna walk away from you and unfriend you because you don't agree with or think the way i think that that's just my approach chris
1: yeah absolutely no absolutely it's 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 the best way to be um right i want to do something a bit different i've never done this with any guests before a little segment okay. i don't even know what to call this segment because i've not really <laughs> thought about it i've just sort of <laughs> come up with it on the spot um i want to just off the top of my head throw a few names at you guys that you've encountered or wrestled with throughout your career and and really okay. just just to, just just you know summarize whatever you can about good, a quick comment yeah, yeah. A good comment yeah, a quick comment on what they were like to be with, if they were cool, what you thought of them, any fun stories, any funny moments that you can remember with okay. them. I'll come up with okay. a name for it for it later. Um, the first first name I have to go for somebody that you mentioned earlier, somebody that I looked up to, somebody that I was devastated when he passed away. Uh, the American Dream, Dusty
2: Rhodes. I wondered if you could gonna bring Dusty up first. I That's mean, it. what 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 a what a charismatic guy. I mean. From, from, from those spontaneous promos that he would cut, you know, the thun of a plumber from Austin, Texas. Yeah. Right. I mean, what a charismatic guy. And, and we did, we, we traveled for a couple of years together as the superpowers, you know, him and I driving up and down the roads and just talking about life, you know, we loved the guy, you know, and became a dear friend. Um, and, and so certainly, certainly I can think about our, just our conversations just about life outside the ring and then all the fun matches that we just had, you know, inside the ring, whether it was again, as a tag team, as a six man, as an eight man in the war games. I mean, just so, so many memories that, that, that come to mind, but I, I would just summarize uh, by saying that he, he was a friend up until the day he passed. And, and, you know, again, like, like, uh, uh, you know cody you know watching cody grow up from diapers probably wouldn't like me to say that but watching cody growing <laughs> up in diapers into who he's become now and you know following his dad's footsteps and of course dustin and others um just what what a legendary family
1: yeah absolutely absolutely uh right next name uh jj Dillon, a name that we don't really hear here very often jj Dillon.
2: jj Dillon, br- brilliant guy i mean brilliant guy and and What I remember about JJ, I mean, just always business minded, had a great, great, just a great mind for the business. Very creative mind. um, Always about business, you know, carried his persona, you know, as as a manager. But even behind the scenes as Dusty's assistant back in my day, he was Dusty's assistant. And I know he went up, you know, in different roles with WWE, WWF. Um, But... Just just one of the one of the as a manager, one of the best of the best.
1: yeah absolutely yeah. Um, okay, so one of my favorite big men of all time Big Van Vader.
2: Van Vader, good gracious my very last match, my last official match oh, wow. against Van Vader injured me. He had a history of being reckless and wow. and not necessarily intentionally hurting guys, but at 450 500 pounds. He was a big guy. Um, actually, got two injuries that night. Winston-Salem, North Carolina, injured my neck. He clotheslined the back of the head. I I didn't know he was coming. We were fight on, fighting out on the floor, and uh, my left arm went 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 limp for about three, four, five minutes. Eventually, that came back, but uh, that's what led me to find out. You know, I had some some things going on in my neck. Uh, got a hernia that night from you know picking the big guy up. You know and body slamming him had surgery and so it wasn't career ending either one of the injuries but it led to my decision yeah. to walk away and um and he did to his credit i will say this to his credit we're actually doing an autograph signing at when wrestlemania one year was in miami and he came to me sought me out and this is years later and he said you know I've i've never told you this but I just want to ask for your forgiveness. I want to apologize for injuring you that night. You know, it wasn't intentional, but I did want to just face-to-face, you know, ask for your forgiveness and uh, tell you I'm sorry that, you know, that I injured you that night, which I thought was, you know, very, you know, very commendable on his part, you know, showed, you know.
1: Sounds like a good guy. Sounds like a good guy, especially after all those years to still have it sort of hanging over him um yeah. i'm not a, i'm not a big fan of the hall of fame the wwe hall of fame i think it's very um i think it's a pr stunt but i also think it's crazy that that he's not in there
2: <clears throat> well people ask me all the time about you know you should be in there ivan should be in there i think it's crazy ivan's not in there i mean he beat the legendary bruno San Martino yeah. in madison square gardens are you kidding me but um but most important, on a side note on that, you know, most important to me is Dan, Dan Gable's 1972 Olympic gold, gold medalist has a museum up in Waterloo, Iowa, the Dan Gable Museum Hall of Fame. Right. And I was inducted in that one, uh, I, I think 2006. And, but uh, that one to me is is because it's brick and mortar. People can go visit it. You know, if you're ever in Waterloo, Iowa, go to the Dan Gable Museum. You'll spend an entire day there learning the history of amateur wrestling as as well as professional wrestling.
1: Hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I mean. Like, I, I would like to go to a Hall of Fame that is actually, you know, like a real Hall of Fame, not just a, a ceremony. It'd be good to actually yeah. learn and look around and see yep. things. And...
2: Yep. Waterloo, Iowa, Chris. That, that is you, you'll be blown away. And, and if you're a wrestling fan, put it on your bucket list. Go to Waterloo, Iowa and tour Dan Gable's museum.
1: I've been to America once. So next time I go, next time I go, I'll make sure I go to, to Iowa. There, um, there you go. A couple, couple more names. I'm going to go uh, Ricky Steamboat.
2: <clears throat> One of the best of the best of the best in terms of a what in those days they would have called white meat baby face. Hmm. That would have been the terminology. He was one of the best when it went, I mean, smooth. I mean, it was a night off wrestling Ricky Steamboat. Um, I I don't know that, and I didn't have a, a, I mean, we were a tag team a few times sometimes we wrestled against each other. We, you know, we, and, um, but I don't know that I ever had a, was in a bad match that Ricky Steamboat was a part of. He was just one of the most consummate a professional and cared about every match that he was involved in, or at least that I was involved in with him, and wanted to give the fans the most for their money. And so, just at the very top of the list, Ricky Steamboat ranks right up there.
1: Yeah, and his match his match against match man Randy Savage at WrestleMania just one of my favorite matches ever of all time. You know, I, I was well, I was a baby when that happened, but looking back at it now, it's 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 right up there for me. Um, yeah. Yep. one more one more name I'm gonna go for I have to ask about the the icon sting
2: the stinger the stinger we are you know best of friends to this day we we talk all, all the time in fact um, uh, I, I think back when I think back on uh, certainly on the, the the matches we had against each other uh, I, I you know a lot of fans will will comment on those matches especially the chain matches we had uh against each other and then later circling back around towards the end of my career um and and becoming uh you know a, finishing as a fan favorite and and tag teaming with him and as I mentioned being a part of Stink Squadron and sure. um nothing but and, and and I you know my hat's off to Steve. I mean just to you know still be out there and, and now taking all of his years of experience and knowledge and pouring it into the You know, the younger guys and being able to, if you will, mentor them and help raise their game. Similar to what I'm doing with Kolov Dynasty, right? But uh, me on a smaller scale, him on a much larger scale. um, Had the opportunity to really mentor uh, him and his uh, his two sons uh, for about a four or five year period there. Um, 1998, uh, he actually gave his life to the Lord. And had an opportunity to mentor him and his sons for for a number of years, and and even do some ministry together with, with with him. In I used an interview he did. He was a host on a on a, um, a show called TBN for a number of years, and so I have a clip of of that interview of when he he was interviewing me about my trans my transformation in October of 1993. His was in 1998. Lux Lugers in 2006, and so there's a nucleus of guys, Chris, who've realized that all the fame and fortune in the world, um, still in a sense, can kind of leave you empty. Yeah, you know, without that relationship, and so I'm thrilled to see what Steve is doing, and what an iconic career, as you mentioned, unbelievable, amazing. Yep.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely absolutely thank you for that man that was fun i i enjoyed that like i say i just need to think of a name for that segment and i think i'm going to do it do it more often some fun little stories in there that i think you know that we don't we don't often get to hear um right i want to i'm going to end with with the same question that i i ask all of my guests um, but i like to tailor it to them and tailor it to their careers and things that are relevant to them so i always yeah. ask my guest who would be on their mount rushmore but for you for yourself today I'd like to because because we, we always get the same answers don't we everybody says the likes of it's flair undertaker hogan you always pretty much get the same maybe one or two slight differences so for you i yeah. want to ask who would be on your mount rushmore of evil foreign stereotypical heels <laughs> and you can uh, put yourself on there you are allowed to put yourself on
2: well i i i guess i mean at one point, in fact, I got a pastor friend of mine, Rick Joyner, who always introduced whenever he introduces me at a conference or, you know, speaking engagement, he's like, I want to introduce a Russian nightmare to Cole, the most hated guy in the world. And I'm like, <laughs> Rick, that was in the wrestling world. I mean, I wasn't on a wanted poster, you know, in the post office, right? But at one time, and where he got that was, I was literally voted by the fans, you know, the, the most Hated guy in wrestling. So you might, I suppose you would say, I, I mean, in that note, in that sense, I, I might be up, you know, my face might be up, up on that, up on that mountain. <clears throat> um, Abdullah the Butcher comes to mind. Yeah. Ab- Ab- Abdullah the Butcher, uh, certainly, uh, he, he was, uh, he was one, um, Gosh, there's so many. I, there's just so many good ones. And, so of course, nice. a lot of the guys kind of flip back and forth, right, between, mm-hmm. you know, from one side to to the other. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of with some of these guys, when, when they were heels, you know, what, you know, would, would they have, have qualified? Because um, uh, – Geez, you you have really stretched my my <laughs> imagination here, Chris. So, I mean, Stan Hansen, you know, when when when, you know, he he was uh, he could be a he was a pretty aggressive, pretty good villain uh, as well. So, Stan Hansen, Abdullah the Butcher, uh, I'll say Nikita Kola, uh, and I would say Bruiser Brody. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a one that probably you know people um, people forget that foreign can also mean Canadian. So you've got guys like um, Roddy Piper as well.
2: Yeah, and I could have you know the the Iron Sheik certainly could have went up on that. Yeah, yeah, he could have went up on that list as well. Okay. But uh, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah, technically Piper would have would have qualified. Uh, Uncle Ivan was a pretty good villain in his day too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I probably shouldn't have left out Uncle Ivan, but <laughs> all right, yeah. Nikita and Ivan and Abdul the Butcher and yeah, and uh, yeah, Bruiser yeah. Room.
1: You got nikolai Volkov. I'd probably put andrea Giant in there. Uh, maybe <coughs> Zuna, someone like that as well. There's loads. Like yeah, said, you you could do five different Mount Rushmores. There's so many. Yeah.
0: Andres.
2: Yep. But, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Isn't that Right. Well, brilliant. Like I said, man, that was my last question. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure like i said at the very start we've been trying to get this sorted for a few months i'm so glad that you were able to join me it's been a pleasure it's been a lot of fun before i let you go where where can everybody find you on on social media or on youtube or on anything like that any shops i know you, you mentioned obviously coloft.net
2: yes and again it's kind of a one-stop shop i'm trying to make it easy for and, and thank you to you chris for the opportunity to share some of my story to all of your audience out there, thank you for being, you know, just such loyal wrestling fans. Talk about loyalty! I say it all the time. You guys are the most loyal of of any fan in any sport. I feel personally. I mean that sincerely. And so it's really kind of a one stop shop. If you want to connect with me on Instagram, Twitter, I'm on Facebook. I got somebody that manages that. And so. Um, I'm in, I post things on there, but I'm infrequently on there looking at at, at comments. But who manages it will send me that. But, but again, go to colof.net because you can actually click, link to me on all social media, find out more about the Man Camp, follow the podcast, go subscribe, download the Man Up podcast. It's all right there on colof.net.
1: Awesome. Yeah, make sure you do that, guys, colof.net. Thank you everybody for watching. You know where to find me: Twitter, Instagram, um, and Facebook. Um, just it's my resting podcast. Again, Nikita, thank you so, 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 so much. This has been a lot of fun. Honestly, one of one of my favourite guests. I've been really looking forward to this for ages. Uh, um, all, all the best with the Koloff Dynasty as well, man. I hope you guys continue to find success going forward. Hopefully, we'll see we'll see Alexander and Neil. Maybe, maybe in uh you never know, maybe on, on TV. Never, never know, never
2: know where they will pop up. And and yeah. Chris, you keep persevering, my friend, okay? Keep persevering. And to all of your audience <laughs> out there, hey, you better tune in and watch this podcast <laughs> in the future as well, or the Russian nightmare will come after you. Chateau <laughs> <ita.
1: laughs> Perfect. I might make that my trailer, just threaten people into watching it. <laughs> there you go, Chris. Nikita, man, thank you so much. Take care, sure. guys, everybody. Thank you for watching. And until next time, take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for 4 dollars each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.
2: Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today.